你是哪先生呢？你好 fans of Shukhlistan, and welcome to day five coverage of the Beijing 2022 Paralympics on Keep the Flame Alive, the podcast for fans of the Olympics and Paralympics. I am your host Jill Jarris, joined as always through the plexiglass by my lovely co-host Allison Brown. Allison, Ni Hao, how are you? I am doing well. I went a lot of places today. Wh- where all did you go? I've been to curling. I've been to hockey. And I've been to an interview with Shui Ranron. Oh yes, that's. Let's just cut to the chase. What, what was that like? So yeah, this was on the list of cultural events, and you got to interview Shui Ranron today. Well, we really didn't get to interview Shui Ranron because they held it in the、uh, the first main floor of the media center, so all the volunteers kind of converged. <laughs> <laughs> so the volunteers got to hang out with Shui Ran Ran, and you got to watch. Basically, yes. And then the whole thing was conducted in Chinese, with one poor English language、uh, interpreter whose mic was not working. So I caught maybe half of what she was saying. But the best part of it was I got some great photographs of, Sh-、uh, of Shui and and Shui dancing. But they did have. Uh, via video stream, an interview with the head of the design team. Oh, that's cool. So that was very interesting, and so I worked my way over to the English English language interpreter so I could hear what she was saying when they were talking to this woman. And this I thought was very interesting because we talked about how、uh, Bing Duanduan and Shui Ranran really weren't connected.、Mm-hmm. And in fact, there was two separate design teams working in two separate cities. Oh, so they were developed completely separately, and it was up to the organizing committee to decide if they were cohesive enough. And they liked the idea that it was two、uh, traditional symbols from、uh, Chinese culture, and that was what they saw as the unifying element. Even though colors, style,、uh, elements were completely different. That is interesting. And somebody did ask her about the connection to the Paralympics, and of course she was talking about the idea of a lantern and a light, and guiding you forward into things that you don't think you can necessarily do. Oh, that's cool. So I like that that was part of her thinking. It may have come after because she loved the idea of the lantern. Hmm. Um. So I think it was more. Oh, I love this idea of using the lantern. How can I work that? Into the Paralympics, but clearly Shui is much more mobile, <laughs> and I and I think for going forward that needs to be a consideration because how people fall in love with the mascot is not the doll, is not the image, it's seeing it in person. It, it's so, definitely the personality of the mascot. So how does this translate into a costume?、Mm-hmm. Has got to be consideration, and I'm not sure it has, but certainly wasn't for poor Bing Duan Duan. Falling over every two seconds. <laughs> But for me, the images also work because they have plastered everywhere around the closed loop are pictures of either Bing Duan Duan or Shui Ran Ran or the two of them together in action poses, or or they're like you know your favorite is the one where Bing Duan Duan is basically falling asleep. <laughs> 
He's sitting down and sort of slumped over like, oh, it's been a rough day. And I'm saying to, to Bing Dwen Dwen, same, dude. I, I feel your pain. And my favorite is the two of them together and their eyes are all squished up and they're like, yeah. I, I particularly like that one in the train station. Oh, the big, it's a giant poster. Of it's the a two giant of poster it. with the squishy eyes because it's, you've made it back to the train station. <laughs> I have to say, uh, we're right next to a feed here. There's no vacuuming going on here in the media center, but we're right next to a feed. I'm really trying not to get distracted. This is CCTV uh, Channel 5, and they are showing replays of Alpine, but they have a, a sign language interpreter on the bottom. Which is really kind of fascinating. That's the race that I saw yesterday. Oh, that's cool. Huh. That's interesting that they're doing that. So the other thing to mention for today, it is International Women's Day. Mm -hmm. And here in China, there's a tradition of giving flowers. Okay. So you may have seen a bunch of people around with flowers. Mm -hmm. So our volunteer friend, Leah, from hockey, gave me a flower Aww. that was given to her. So now this is for us. Aww. Oh, that's very nice of her. I wonder if she did not want the flower from no, no. because it's it's a big deal how many oh. flowers you get. So she gave us this one, and then when I said good night to her, she had two others as well. Oh, that's very nice. Okay, so that would make sense why I saw a volunteer, a male volunteer, at the table at curling when I walked in this evening, and he had I think like three of them on the table, but one was not offered to me. Don't take it personally. Okay. I figured the volunteers are just like, oh, is he going to give me a rose? Should I give her a rose? So. It is. It's kind of Valentine's Day, Mother's Day, Friends Day, all wrapped together. Oh, very nice. Very nice. Um, I had a, an interesting travel day. <laughs> well, you got back here. I did get back. That was not a problem. You did get a little sunburn. Uh, that sunburn? Oh, do I have more sunburn? I have a lovely... Oh, my gosh. If you could not... Like, I have mask face because sitting out at the snowboard venue yesterday I was in the sun directly like half of my face was in the sun so I have this patch of red on half my nose and over one eye and I even have uh, so I have a big mask line on my face and then there's a strap line on the side of my face it's very attractive and I tried to take a picture. It doesn't really show up in pictures, thank goodness. But <laughs> this is really good looking. Uh, and no more sunburn today because the biathlon venue faces the wrong direction for the most part. So it was really hard to... I was really hoping to get some sun today because it was a little chilly over at biathlon. Um, no, but I took the same transportation plan as we had yesterday. So it was leave the hotel at 820. Take the 840 bus to the train station. Well, I get off. I'm, I'm really tired this morning. <laughs> it's, you know, third trip up to the mountains. And we're getting up earlier than I'd like. But you got to, otherwise you're not getting to the mountains. So I get off the 820 bus here at the MMC. Everything's going well. There is a bus to the, uh, the right number bus is sitting there but it is at the wrong platform. So it is going to the athlete's village, not to the railway station. So I say, okay, I'm, I know not to get on that one. It leaves. I'm standing there like a big lump. And there's a Japanese woman next to me. And she finally realizes we are not going to make the train. And she's a photographer on assignment. She has to make the train. And so she starts talking to the volunteers. And I realize 
oh, we're getting on close to 9 o'clock here. And they go, oh, yeah, the next bus isn't coming until like 9, 10 or something. And the bus takes at least 35 minutes to get to the railway station. So they're like, can you take a cab to this woman? And I'm still waking up and realizing what is happening. And she says, I can't get the cab app to work. I have finally managed to get the cab app to work. And I look at her and go, I can get us a cab. So we were able to on-demand cab it to the train station, made it with like two or three minutes to spare. And it was not looking good because I kept the, the, the thing open and it will tell you like, oh, you will be there in 20 minutes. You'll be there in 25 minutes. And it just kept getting worse and worse, but we made it. The cab? You saved somebody with your cab today. That's right. That's right. Um, what officiating or volunteer job would you like to do today? So we're going to talk more about this when we get to hockey, but I want to be the person who brings the sled hockey players their various ways of getting around after they get off the sled. So at the end of the game, there are these carts that come and collect the sleds and bring the players either their wheelchairs or their prosthetics or um, some of them were using crutches. So whatever implements are brought up. And surprisingly, this was a volunteer job. I would have expected this to be a coach or a manager or an equipment person from the team, but it was a, it was a whole group of volunteers. That's very interesting. And I believe somebody asked about that. Yes, what, so we're yes. going oh, yes. to get okay. back to that okay. later. I would like to take on the job of cheerleader at Biathlon because although the crowd was very enthusiastic today, uh, yelling, China, wave the flag, China, wave the flag, whenever a Chinese person, they don't understand how to cheer for biathlon. And luckily, there were a couple of French people who knew. The Canadians did not, although the drum was there, but they did not know how to cheer at biathlon. And, you know, only three French people can only do so much. So in biathlon... When you're at the shooting range, everyone's kind of, they kind of cheer and then they kind of get silent. And every time somebody, your athlete makes a shot, everybody goes crazy. And it's just like, rah, bang, rah. And then if they don't make a shot, it's quiet. And then when they're done, everyone cheers like crazy. <laughs> if they've done really well. And that's how you need to do it. So we need to, I need to be there in the stands because there were volunteers in the stands waving the flags to say wave the flags but we need to be like hey because you know they are already yelling they're already yelling china they can yell at the right times for shooting that's all i have to say well then you need to be like the dancers at hockey with the lights because they have the light oh, sticks yeah. <laughs> we have feed beefs well okay this is a feed beef that i saw on facebook just not in our facebook group but i saw it. somebody in the facebook group listener jody I saw on her feed that she was watching downhill skiing and it was hard to tell how the events were split up. It did not help that there was an injury. Uh, I realized I did not know Peacock does not have a separate section for Paralympics like they did for the Olympics. So you have to dig around for it under sports and under the category. Uh, She can't figure out how to watch the opening ceremonies and uh, the commercials still break if you rewind a live feed. So, did not enjoy the extra clicks to find the sport categories. But, you know, being realistic, she's like, I don't really expect equality. I expect equality at this point. 
I mean, I can understand them not making it quite as complex because there is only a handful mm-hmm. of sports. And if you want to put all the Paralympics together for simplif- simplicity of your website, fine. But make it easy. But this doesn't even sound like it's, it doesn't have a Paralympic section. Right. You just have to go to sports. And then, and sports is just hard to dig around. I know exactly what she's talking about because I just went, oh, yeah, it's a pain in the butt to find biathlon if they don't list biathlon separately. If they just put or, it under Olympic sports. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you have burning questions, let us know. I got in the mixed zone today in biathlon because biathlon is up first. So I did get in the mixed zone. And USA, some of the athletes did not do well. In the, the standing class athletes did not have a great day. And poor Danny Arovich, she had a really bad day. And she came walking around the mix zone and I'm standing there like, hey. <laughs> and she looks like she doesn't want to talk to me. I said, I just have a question about snow. And she's like, oh, okay. <laughs> and luckily the, the press guy that was with them, he came back later for the men. And, he, and they also did not have a great day. And he's like, do you want to talk to them? I'm like, yeah, I have more snow questions. <laughs> like, it's going to be easy. I have some other questions too, but I have, we're not talking about the race. I don't care. You know, not that I don't care about the race, but I know that, you know, you shoot bad, you have a bad day. You don't want to talk about it. You don't have to justify it, especially if you're not used to it. And, you know, that's what NBC does. We do, you know, we care about snow. So anyhow, Parabiathlon, we had a 10 kilometer race today. And it was uh, sitting, standing, and uh, vision impaired. So uh, first we had the women's sitting. I came here at the end of this. Of course, I, I just missed it. Uh, gold went to Kendall Gretsch from USA, who was the gold medalist in a paratriathlon in Tokyo. Silver went to Oksana Masters from USA. And bronze went to Anya Vicker from Germany. And... Oh, I think I was going to ask snow questions to Oksana. I was going to ask Oksana, oh no, I was going to ask Oksana about her training. And I was up in the press tribune and Channel 4 was taping something. And I'm standing in the press tribune and I'm looking down and I'm like, is that Oksana Masters in the mix zone? Should I go and try to talk to her? And then Channel 4 just taps me on the shoulder and like, um, we're filming here. <laughs> I'm like, oh yeah, I'm in your shot. Just I had walked right past him and just stood there like a big like, huh, who's that? I think that's Oksana Masters. So I could not talk to her. She had to go to her medal ceremony and she got tied up with other people. But she will be there later on this week. In the men's sitting 10 kilometer category, gold went to Mengtao Liu from China. Silver went to Martin Flagg from Germany and bronze went to Taras Rad from Ukraine. Ukraine, uh, spoiler alert, Ukraine has another great day on the biathlon course. For the women's 10-kilometer standing, the... um, This is the Ukrainian sweep. Yes, a Ukrainian sweep. Gold went to Irina Boy. Silver went to Alexandra Kononova. And bronze went to Lyudmila Lyashenko, who... This is her third medal of the Games. And I believe it was Kononova. Oh, gosh, yeah. Kononova headed toward the finish, just skied like she was possessed. She just started flying to uh, get that silver. She And, of course, everybody staggered start again, so you don't quite know. But she knew she was up there, and she just wanted it really badly. It was just... Uh, 
completely wild to see her go. They, the Ukrainians, displaced two really good Chinese athletes in the standings. And, um, yeah, this is just, this is the second sweep by Ukraine in biathlon, this Paralympics. That was pretty impressive. In the men's 10-kilometer standing class, gold went to Mark Ernst from Canada. Silver went to Grigory of Wojcinski from Ukraine. And bronze went to Alexander Gerlitz from Kazakhstan. That's a country we haven't said yet. No, that is not a country we have said yet. That's It was interesting. Like, Kazakhstan is here. And in the uh, vision-impaired class, gold uh, women's 10-kilometer gold went to Leonie Marie Walter with guide Pierman Strecker. Silver went to Oksana Shishkova uh, with guide Andriy Marchenko. And bronze went to Hui, Wang Wei with guide Li Yalin from China. In the men's 10 kilometer, gold went to Vitaly Lukanyenki from Ukraine with uh, guide B- uh, Boris Babar. Uh, silver went to Anatoly Kovaleski from Ukraine with guide Alexander Mushinin, Mukshin. And bronze went another Ukrainian sweep to Dmitry Suarko with guide Alexander Nik- uh, Nikonovich. So... I asked the standing people about snow because listener Dan had a lot of questions about snow. And hopefully I will remember to put some raw tape on the end of this that talks about it. The weather was very warm and Dan was worried about it melting. Yes, it's melting. It's slushy. It's hard to get through. Along with Danny, I talked with Ruslan Reiter and Drew Shea. And they said, yeah, you know, it changes your game plan. Because you have to worry, you now have to think about not going out too hard because the snow is slushier and you have to work harder so you don't want to bonk at the end and lose everything you've gained. Plus, the other fact is, with the melting, more particulates come up, so it's grittier, like the dirt's coming up in the snow more, too. So it's a little tough to deal with. So that was really interesting. We also talked about, in uh, standing, it's basically arm impairments or lack of arms, and we talked a little bit about uh, balance and things like that. I want to questions about that. So hopefully I will have that on the end. If not today, then tomorrow. Also had a question from our Kickstarter producer, Brian, about the rifles used in vision impairment. What are these? And we had some talk on the Facebook group about them sounding like a theremin. First off, I can't, in the stands you do not hear the audio for the vision impaired rifles, which is kind of a bummer because I know what they're talking about and it's cool. (laughs) But it is an optical rifle and basically it's a laser. There's one approved rifle system made by a company in Finland. And um, I I think they also make laser pistols for modern pentathlon. So um, I was looking at a a British reseller's website and they were more in the the modern pentathlon stuff, but basically it's an optical system, which is a laser system and it's refractive somehow. And the theremin sound that you hear is, uh, an audio component that when the rifle is more on target, it, the tone is higher. So they know as the sound go, the, the goes, woo, they're closer to the center of the target. Huh. Well, it makes perfect sense. Yeah. 
So that helps them. The audio thing helps them aim. So is this something that's in their ear connected to the gun? Rifle. It is a headphone. I forget how it's all connected up. But that is a rabbit hole I started to go down. And I will happily go back down it. So if you have questions about this, please let us know. Uh, Let's take a quick break to talk about our Red Envelope campaign. This show does cost money to produce. And while you all have been so generous in supporting us through our Kickstarter campaign that got us here to Beijing and also through Patreon patronage, uh, we're getting to another beginning of an Olympic cycle. And that uh, means we've got to do some money finding. I'm so tired from going to the mountains. (laughs) We've got to find some money to help our operating budget get through to Paris 2024. So we are asking you to help celebrate the Lunar New Year with us by sending us a red envelope. Uh, We're looking for donations of at least $8 to help get us through. Eight is a symbolic number here in China, which symbolizes good fortune. If you appreciate what we've been doing over the Olympics and Paralympics, please go to flamealivepod.com slash support to donate. And thank you to everyone. Really, really thank you so much for everybody who's donated so far. It's uh, really meant a lot to us. Okay. Uh, All you para ice hockey. Yes. So I went to all three games today uh, and it was a little rough because the pre-game light show, music show, videos are the same for every game. It's a little hard when it's two in the afternoon and they're doing like the heavy rock with the lights and then you see it two more times. So that was exhausting. And what was really funny was twice the ice guys are trying to install the nets when the lights go out and the disco ball and the pulsating lights come on. And I'm thinking... How can they work like this? How can they get the net in there when they can't see it? And the other thing that was very funny was that they always have the medical team on the side, and Mm -hmm. they're all suited up in their hazmat suits and their face shields, and they always put them on the Jumbotron dance cam and make them do the freeze (laughs) dance or make them do the little choreographed dance, and they always do it. They're, They're such good sports about the whole thing. And most of the time, thankfully, they're just sitting there. I have yet to see the medical team come out on the ice and I hope I didn't just jinx it but there were three games today all deciding what's going to happen in the semis so the first step was Canada and Korea Canada beat them six to zero wow and just absolutely dominated this was the Canadian team I expected to see in that USA versus Canada match at the beginning it just seemed like Canada needed a couple of days to get their skates underneath them and get the feel of it. But what was fun was Korea and Canada both had very nice supporters and very loud benches. Oh, good. So that was great. Uh, Second game was China-Italy, also very loud. (laughs) China scored three goals in the first four minutes. Whoa! The game was supposed to start at Mm -hmm. 2.35, or... uh, and I got there at 2.36, and I heard the song. Oh. And I said, what could possibly have happened? It was like 15 seconds into the game. Uh, maybe cow. 30 seconds into the game was the first goal. So China ended up winning 6 uh, nothing. And we're going to talk a little bit about the goalies, but we'll go back to that in a second. The night game was my friends, the Czechs, against uh, Slovakia. And what was really funny was I was chatting with my Czech friend. Mm-hmm. 
Oh, actually came down to say hi. So oh, I haven't Vincent. scared him. I, I was grateful <laughs> for that. And I was saying, oh, this should be an interesting game. And he said, yes, it's like brothers fighting. Because obviously the Czech mm-hmm. Republic and Slovakia used to be one country. So it's kind of like they want to beat each other more than anyone. But it's, it's a very good natured rivalry. And man, were they loud. <laughs> this was the loudest non-China game. Oh, cool. Lots and lots of both team supporters there. Lots of flags, lots of chanting. Didn't know, obviously, what any of it was. And then they also sort of did the competing chanting. Oh. Where one group would start and the other would try and yell over them. So that that was great fun. This was the closest game of the day. Uh, The Czech Republic beat Slovakia 3-2-0. It was a good, tight game which was fun. So tomorrow, uh, so the U.S. is the first seed. Canada Mm -hmm. is the second seed. Tomorrow, Korea will play Italy, and the Czech Republic will play China for those other two spots in the semis. Okay. So we got a text with lots of questions that I tried to get answers to today. Okay. Didn't get all the answers, but I'll tell you what I got. So the text was, do the athletes go to the locker room between periods and how do they slide back there? And do they unstrap from their sled? And I wasn't sure who the text was from. So it just said, I noticed there is ice inside the penalty box, but curious what kind of guards get out on sled blades. So here's what I found out. There is, so we'll start with the last question first. There is ice inside the penalty box and the benches, so they just slide in and out. There doesn't seem to be guards on the sled blades. Oh, okay. Like there are on skater blades, mm-hmm. uh, on figure skating blades or, or hockey blades, because when they were packing up the sleds mm-hmm. into the shopping carts, they weren't covering the blades. Okay. So it must just be for transport because there's no weight on the blade when you're not sliding in it. Oh, okay. It's not quite the same. Um, During intermissions, they do slide behind the bench area where there's this colored plexiglass. So there's still ice back there. And then they slide through a door. And then you can't see them anymore where they go during intermission. So I don't know where they go. But they do go Backstage. They do go backstage, but I believe they do stay slay, uh, strapped into their sleds. Not entirely sure because we never see them during intermission. And we're not allowed on that side of the arena. So I really can't get that information. And to be honest, I'm a little embarrassed to ask them. Okay. To get that personal. Um, so they don't seem to come out of the sleds until the end of the game. Okay. And then what I noticed today was all the sleds are very personalized to the player. They have different lengths. They have different widths. They seem to have different pivot points depending on the disability. You know, single amputee, double amputee, paraplegic, all the different possible combinations. And then goalies, I also noticed, can either be X-axis or Y-axis goalies. Oh, that's So either legs going forward, or I guess if they're a double amputee, they kind of have the pad going across the front of their bodies. Hmm. And there are both. So the Italian goalie and the Czech goalie are both straight ahead legs. Mm-hmm. 
but the Slovak goalie was a cross. Oh, that's interesting. Hmm. And I'm guessing because if you have uh, legs straight out, you can pivot that and make that a pad, where if you were a double amputee, you would not be able to have that leg look, so they put the pads on. So you put the pad in front, mm-hmm. and it seems almost like that pad in front allows for more side-to-side mobility because you're facing forward. Oh, yeah, yeah. As opposed to facing to the side. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. All right. Uh, I, I forgot something very important about biathlon. And this is all vision impaired because I'm sure people are like, Jill, we have all these questions. Okay, so the vision impaired was really interesting to watch because they have guides or they can have guides. There are certain levels. Uh, when I was digging for the gun thing, I dug into the rules slightly. And there are there are a lot more classes. They're just not at the Paralympic level right now. So... There are there is a class where you don't need to have a guide, but you can have a guide. Don't know much more about that. Pretty much everybody had a guide that I could tell. And, of course, all our winners had guides. So some of them would use microphone systems, and some of them did not. The guides, I, I don't know. I think it's per, personalized how far advanced they can be. But you can't get too far advanced because your person can't see you. And there was a point where a Chinese guy, one, one of them was wearing shorts today, <laughs> got, got really in far, far in front of his person. And it was like, dude, you're losing your guy. Come on. But the, the best. I, and I tried to pay attention to what, what I could hear. And the, I, I enjoyed it when they did have a microphone system because you can hear what they were saying. So uh, Pierman Strecker was saying to Leone uh, Walter, hop, 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 until the last lap when it turned into hop, hop, fight, ah! <laughs> he really got aggressive with that hop because he knew, he knew she could win. <laughs> it's just like, we got to go, come on. <laughs> and then there was a French man in the men's uh, version and the guy would be like, le, le. And I tried to hear if he got a little aggressive, too, when it was the last lap. But the Frenchman wasn't in the medal hunt, so I think it was not the same. But, like, there was a a whole mess on a hill of different, like, three different athletes and guides, sets of athletes and guides. And uh, a Chinese one got a little too far ahead and just had to, like, put his hands up and wait for the, the skier to catch up a little bit. It was really interesting. And they're allowed to hold on to their guides' poles on downhills for stability. They don't have to. Like, like China and their, their, their guide people, yeah, you're not holding on to me at all. I know. But I a lot of them did. And I think it would probably depend on what, if it's a very technical downhill. Yes, probably, with, yeah. You know, a twist or something, mm-hmm. you may want to do that. Yeah. But that was really interesting. And I got to see a little bit more of the skiing than the shooting. The shooting was really hard to see from our vantage point. But um, it, it was all very, very interesting. And I would, I would like to see more. But, okay, so then... We both saw various sessions of wheelchair curling. I saw the first session of the day, and you saw the I last saw, session of the day. I, yes, I saw most of the last session. And sadly, was still editing. It was, an, it was not a good editing day because there was a lot of transportation and a lot of being outside to catch the sport. So uh, wheelchair curling was on, and I was there. I would tune in every once in a while. 
So first session was uh, Switzerland versus Latvia. Latvia won 9-7. Then Great Britain beat Estonia 10-5. And Korea beat Canada 9-4. And uh, oh, Korea took control early and Canada was on its heels the whole time. Canada did not have a good day. I heard a couple of Canadian people on the bus on the way back here uh, saying that they are not playing up to their potential and uh, they should be doing much better than they are. And they just, they are not, which really surprised me since they started out really strong. Right. That Korean team was fun to watch. They made some real thread the needle oh. and, and curls around guards. Oh. Uh, the other match that I was watching was uh, Great Britain and Estonia. And within the first two or three ends, it was 10-1. Oh, so Estonia came back a little bit, Mm -hmm. but that was not a good day for them. No. Uh, In the second session, Slovakia beat Korea 7-2 in seven ends. Sweden beat Estonia 6-4. Estonia is just not having a good tournament. And uh, Norway beat Latvia 8-6. to six, Who uh, Norway came from behind with a three-pointer in the eighth end. Ooh, that's a way to win. Oh, man. And then in the last session, Sweden beat Great Britain 6-4. to four. So Sweden scored all of their points in the first half. And Great Britain started to come back, but they were just getting one point in end. And they just ran out of time. And then Slovakia beat Canada 9-8. to eight, And... You know, they had some big scoring ends early on. So Slovakia had four. Canada answered with a four. Slovakia got three. And then Canada just had little points. And too too little, too late again. (sighs) This one was sad. China beat the U.S. 10 to 2 in six ends. I got there right after China had scored five points. And, of course, we have a big crowd again. They're excited. China is super, super intense team. And, of course, they're yelling at the stones like crazy. And they just, they were making pretty much everything they wanted to make, it seemed like. I mean, they're the defending world champions, so it uh, <laughs> it seems to work for them. Right. And, and I bet there's a lot of expectations for them to also do extremely well here. But they really, really gave it to the U.S., sadly. And, and the U.S. had, uh, when... When I was tuning in, I, I would see they'd set up stuff so beautifully. They really had some beautiful shots, and they'd get their rocks behind other guards, and, and China would just blow it away. It was, an, it was really sad for the U.S. So, and then Norway beat Switzerland 8-5. So our standings, Sweden is at the top with a record of 5-1. and one. Slovakia and China are at 4-2. and two. Latvia, Canada, and Norway are all 4-3. and three. Great Britain is 3-3, three and three. USA and Estonia and Korea are 2-4, and four. and Switzerland is 1-6. and six. Wow. It seems like there is some very high-scoring matches, much higher than standing curling. I don't, I don't know if it's just this tournament or overall, so that's something to go back and look at. All right, that sounds good. And uh, what's uh, Steve Empt up tomorrow and our uh, team Keep the Flame Alive? So he's got an early game and a late game, one against Switzerland and the second against Latvia. Excellent. So we would like to thank our Kickstarter collectors, Donald Whelan and Nick Rakers. And we have a mascot for each half of the games. And today is our last day with Riza. But if you love Riza as we do, 
You can follow her on Instagram. She is at Riza underscore Nat. That's R-I-Z-A underscore N-A-T. And special thanks, special thanks to Claire for sharing Riza with us this week and for supporting our Kickstarter campaign. Thank you so much, Riza and Claire. And thank you also to Quinley for tolerating it. So that will do it for this episode. Tune in again tomorrow for another full day of competition. And keep celebrating the games with us on our Keep the Flame Alive podcast Facebook group. It is the place to hang out with us and our other listeners. Jill is on Twitter and I am on Instagram. Both are at Flame Alive Pod. You can email us at flamealivepod at gmail.com or call or text us at 208 208- Three five two six three four eight. That's two zero eight. Flame it! Don't forget, there may be some extra tape on the end of this episode. I'm writing myself a note, so I should see it. Uh, but we will catch you back here tomorrow. Thank you so much for listening, and until next time, keep the flame alive. I'm gonna ask. I not a great race, but <laughs> no, we uh, keep the flame alive podcast. Our listeners want to know how the snow is. It was slow today. Is it slow? Yeah, it's what, melting, like, it's slushy, and a little choppy, so pretty slow. Can they do anything? I mean... Uh, not with the temps, unfortunately. Okay, okay. Yeah, I think it's to do with the, the warm weather and the sun. Okay, um, so it's really waxers. Waxers getting into it. Yeah, I mean, a little, but with skate skiing for us, it's mm-hmm. like the wax isn't going to make or break it. Okay. Like yesterday, that was definitely more of a... Uh, question mark, I guess, with the classic ski race. Okay, okay. Um, does it being so th- like such a thin layer make a big deal, or do you want that thin, hard stuff? Honestly, I don't know. This okay. is only my second year skiing. So I'm probably not the best person to ask. Okay, that. <laughs> yeah, it's like, ask. Oh, wait, I gotta ask. So thank, thank you very much. Yeah, appreciate it. Thank you. Okay, great. All right, first up, how is the snow? Our listeners want to know how the snow is. Let's let's make sure I get the whistle, and we'll start with you to get your voice right. Yeah, uh, it was uh, very slow. It was really wet. Uh, it got really choppy on the hill, so you kind of just get bogged down. But uh, you just try to keep a positive attitude and get get it through mentally. Okay, the same. same yeah, thing. I would say the same. I mean, um, it's pretty it's pretty similar to what we've seen in the states for man-made snow. Okay. Um, you know, like yesterday and the day before that, we kind of started to see the conditions go to a little bit more wetter uh, snow. But at the beginning of the trip, it was nice and solid like we've normally seen. And you can kind of guess just with the sun that it, the warmth comes and it starts to heat up. Right. So does that change your game plan when the snow melts? Uh, absolutely. Because uh, I mean, my skis are pretty slow, so you have to uh, pace it really well. You don't want to go out too hot because you will blow up um, and you will, yeah, just you just want like, you want to go out slow and uh, hopefully you'll get faster and faster uh, to conserve a little bit of energy in the beginning. So. Okay. How does the thickness of the snow, oh, the other thing we notice, like it's really thin. Sure. Does that, what does that do to, what, what does that do? What does that mean? I noticed yesterday that, uh, you know, sometimes you can see some of the impurities kind of come through the snow okay. and that definitely starts to make it a little bit slower just in general okay. uh you know those particles tend to stick to your ski okay. and just kind of slow everything down a little bit so so then you're working harder yeah you're definitely working harder it's kind of like skiing against the wind or anything like that it definitely makes for a tough race okay um want to know how does like arm length and ability affect how you ski like your balance and things like that 
Sherry, you want to start? With yeah. Um, I, I guess uh, it's a lot easier if you have another uh, almost a full arm because okay. you can use it for momentum. Okay. Um, and uh, for me, yeah, I, I just swing my right arm uh, okay. and just uh, it, it helps with my balance uh, as well if I use it and swing it. Okay. And also for momentum. Okay. Yeah, I think for me, it's just the fact of the matter is, you know, we only get pull, one pull, so you kind of just work with what you got. Okay. Um, but like Ruslan said, you know, keeping that momentum going with our, our my left side and his right side is important for us. Okay. Does left and right, does that affect your technique? Or do you know? Because you you're a left and you're a right. Do you know how that affects a difference in, a difference in technique? Um... I, I guess it all depends on the person, but okay. uh, yeah, I mean, I just, I, I guess a little bit. I mean, I can't, since I only have one pole, mm -hmm. uh, when I V1, I, I can only V1 on my left side. Since I only have one pole, I can't like switch to my right side. Okay. So, I mean, yeah, it can get pretty exhausting, but uh, I, I guess, I'm, I mean, I've been skiing like this for a long time. So I guess you adapt as an athlete uh, to get used to uh, your disability or what, you know, your, yeah. Yeah, I think I like to have my pull on my outside when I'm going into turns. Oh, okay. Um, that's the one thing that I've noticed. Uh, so I guess the, the penalty loop is a little beneficial for me there because I'm on the, the right side. We try and stay out of the penalty loop, obviously. Right, right, yeah. Um, but yeah, I do like to have my pull on my right side. And, you know, if your, your pull's on the inside, you, you just work with it. Okay. Um, does that affect, like, tendons and things in your legs and stuff? Do you have to work, about, work on balancing your body? It, like like an off off skis training kind of thing. Yeah, um, yeah, I guess a little bit. Um, I, yeah, I don't, I don't know. It's just it's it's. I kind of just yeah, bal use my arm uh, like for balance, but also uh, yeah, like kind of what Drew said. Uh, you know, on the turns, it, it does really it does really help you. Okay. Yeah, I tend to wear a prosthetic whenever I can outside okay. of skiing, just to keep my body balanced. Okay. Yeah, uh, I kind of wonder if it pulls you out. Yeah, yeah. sure. I mean. Uh, you know, when I first had my accident, I definitely noticed some parts of my body being out of whack. Okay. But you kind of just get used to it. The human body's pretty amazing. You can kind of adapt to anything. Excellent. All right. Thank you so awesome. much. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thanks. Appreciate it.